from the Mercy One Studio. Making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Musher-Collins at the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're talking about the annual diocesan appeal and the programs, priests, and seminarians it supports. Our guest today is Maureen Kenny, Director of Stewardship for the Diocese of Des Moines. But before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the bishop's mind. Good morning, Kelly. Good to be with you. Spring kind of seems to maybe be approaching daylight savings this weekend. Mm -hmm. So we've got a fast from an hour of sleep, but uh, people are into their Lenten disciplines and kind of hitting their stride in that regard. That would be marvelous. So uh, with the first Sunday of Lent last uh, Sunday, uh, the first opportunity to celebrate the right of election. Mm -hmm. So we had right of election at Corpus Christi for kind of the western part of the diocese. You know, I don't know that we were taking anybody from the Archdiocese of Omaha. We'll leave that (laughs) over there across the river. Mm -hmm. But uh, so we had a beautiful celebration there. The catechumens, those who have not been baptized, uh, were received, as well as affirming the candidates, those who maybe be baptized in Catholic or Christian uh, communions, and so the, the preparing for confirmation in their first Holy Communion. So it was a beautiful celebration there, and then two uh, celebrations at St. Ambrose Cathedral. Um, many of our Hispanic brothers and sisters joined us for the second one, and so uh, I don't think my Spanish was flowing very well, so <laughs> they, they, uh, their Lent started even earlier, you know, as they had to listen <laughs> to me. But you're your worst as part, critic. Per, so. per, per, <laughs> Lent and penance with that regard. So thanks to that. And then kind of a lighthearted uh, evening with the St. Pius X the parish community, the Chili Supper, uh, sponsored by the Holy Name Society and Rosary Joy. And uh, a lot of fun, lots of different generations there. And we just kind of uh, bantered a little bit back and mm-hmm. forth and had a little opportunity to be with them also. So uh, kind of how we're moving into that. Uh, kind of I'm intrigued across from the Pastoral Center downtown, the uh, Pro Swim Series is mm-hmm. taking place at the downtown Wellmark Y, and uh, I was I was expecting my brother Dave, Coach Dave, to mm, show up. Right. In fact, Katie Ledecky was asking, "Where's Where's your brother, Coach wow. Dave?" You know, so yeah, wow. <laughs> well, maybe not exactly, but oh, you know, okay. <laughs> so. it's like wow, he's really out there yeah, in the no, swimming no. world. <laughs> but uh, but uh, Dave, if you're out there, just know I've got a I've got a room if you want to stay at the Cathedral Rectory. I'll get you a corporate rate on that, and yeah, you'll be good well, to go. Office, you know, you we'll be good to go. Yeah, so so we can do that as well. But uh, more seriously, our hearts go out to the the people of the Nashville Diocese, Mm -hmm. Bishop Spaulding and his people. Several were killed in that uh, kind of early season tornado this past Mm -hmm. week. And so we know chaos can break in on the order of physical nature or is live as well. And so we're all concerned about the spread of the COVID coronavirus. And, and again, our trust is in the Lord. We can't fear and can't live in fear. We can't regard each other more as sources of contamination rather than the consecration and that bond that's uh, between us. So we talk about seeking the face of Jesus, but when people are wearing masks, you know, what, uh, what kind of impression, what do we behold when we see that? So our, you know, we know that several have lost their lives already and others have been affected but uh, we, we're praying for the uh, medical people, the professionals, epidemiologists, and, and disease centers for disease control as well. But we want to keep that that uh, sense of faith as we behold each other. I think Thomas Merton, the famous uh, Trappist mm-hmm. monk, who had an interesting life story before that, his his famous experience at Fourth and Walnut in Louisville, Kentucky, back in 1858, that he talks about in Conjectures of a Guilty Bystander. And I'll just kind of share that little passage there, if I might. In Louisville, at the corner of Fourth and Walnut, in the center of a shopping district, I was suddenly overwhelmed with the realization that I loved all those people, that they were mine and I theirs, that we could not be alien to one another, even though we were total strangers. It was like waking from a dream of separateness. 
waking from this world of self-isolation in a special world, this sense of liberation from an illusory difference was such a relief and such a joy to me that I almost laughed out loud at the immense joy of being man, a member of a race in which God himself became incarnate. As if the sorrows and stupidities of the human condition could overwhelm me, now I realize what we all are. And if only everybody could realize this, but it cannot be explained. There's no way of telling people that they're all walking around shining like the sun. So I think that kind of beautiful sense uh-huh. that uh, that's there and uh, as faith, that uh, we see the face of Jesus in people and we ask people for that grace because probably a few people are a little harder in our lives to, to have that sense. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we return. We'll visit with Maureen Kenny, Director of Stewardship at the Diocese of Des Moines. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson and Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. The number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. Impoverished children break everyone's heart, but poverty seems like such a big problem. What can one person do to make a difference? For 17 years, Blessman International's passion has been to connect the resources of our donors with sustainable programs that impact the lives of impoverished children in South Africa. Our donors are feeding thousands of hungry children every week, providing basic water and sanitation for impoverished communities, and sharing the love of God in practical ways every day. Go to www.blessmaninternational.org and make your donation today. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Mr. Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. You're listening. Are you getting the giggles? <laughs> making jobs. Our time is precious here, Kelly. Come on. <laughs> Pull yourself together. <laughs> you really have to matter. You guys are right. I know. This is Lent. Be <laughs> serious. <laughs> All right. Uh, people, okay. people are going to be tuning in. Hear those massive clicking sounds right now. Okay. <laughs> You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson, Maureen Kenny. Let's go. Maureen, Maureen, good <laughs> Yay, morning. It's good, good to morning. be with you. Somebody Likewise. I see in different venues and things. But uh, I, yeah. you know, quite honestly, uh, I've been working in various degrees with you for five months. I just had you pegged as kind of a Texas gal. I thought, ah. you know, you had a Texas roots. But now I find out you've got more Midwestern roots. So, yeah. so what's the story? Yeah. You know, you're hard to pin down. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I'm a, made a triangle back to the Midwest. I grew up in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois. So I went to Illinois State University, the other ISU. Uh, so it was very confusing moving here at first. But I moved down to Texas after I married my husband, and I worked there for the University of North Texas. and In Denton. In Denton, Texas. Denton, Texas. Denton, Texas. Right. Texas. <laughs> moved all the way back up. And yeah, um, Drake University brought us back here and eventually brought me to the Diocese of Des Moines. So I just really love living here and helping you serve the people of Southwest Iowa. Well, we are blessed. We are blessed. And, you know, you have a, a gentle demeanor, but uh, you, you uh, really have a, a graceful way. And, uh, and uh, you know, you have a, your own intensity. I understand, uh, yeah, obviously you're, you're dealing with the stewardship of material resources and things and trying mm-hmm. to uh, help people to, to realize opportunities to practice charity and, and good. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But I kind of talking with you, uh, you know, mm-hmm. 
uh, you're, you're a very spiritual woman, and even it caused a little bit of tension between you and your husband in a good way. Could you share? This is making it personal with Bishop Johnson, so, so you have to uh, out yourself as a, as a, a woman of, as a woman of faith for there. Lent. You mean? Yeah, no, or? just yeah, your your spiritual discipline, getting up early. And, oh, oh yeah, yes. Oh right, yes. So my um, my husband is doing Exodus ninety with a group of men that are holding him accountable. But of course, it's best practice in Exodus 90 to include your wife um, and children in that effort, because there's a lot of planning that goes, especially into Wednesdays and Fridays when you have to abstain from meat, right? So um, the other thing that you have to do for Exodus 90 is... You can't just pop open a can of tuna fish? Or, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's what I do. <laughs> I suppose you could. Some nights we do get that drastic. Um <laughs> But yeah, so uh, we we now start our day with an hour of prayer, which um, that prior to Exodus 90 was my personal sacred time. So I, now I've had to learn to share it with my husband because he's you know, newly acclimated into this effort. So it's been interesting and I've gotten more used to it. At first it was a struggle, but it's I've become more accepting. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of that sacred space of the morning and to mm-hmm. kind of share that. So you guys have gone to a new level of intimacy. I mean, even mm-hmm. if you're before the Lord, not talking, but uh, how that yeah. uh, shared. So, but uh, that's kind of a good reality check for this celibate to, to hear that, you mm-hmm. know, that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, one can't idealize that, but that we, we all need our personal space, if you will. And mm-hmm. those who've traveled with me know that uh, I'm famous for that, uh, <laughs> claiming my personal space on a balcony or whatever. But we're here and it's uh, the kickoff weekend for the annual diocesan mm-hmm. appeal. And uh, can mm-hmm. you just share a little bit the ADA? Yes. Okay. And what, uh, yes. what what's that all about? And it's, uh, yeah, it's ADA kickoff weekend and the annual diocesan appeal is the major fundraising effort conducted annually throughout the 23-county diocese with all 81 parishes participating. And in a nutshell, it ensures the church's mission of serving the people of God in southwest Iowa can continue. And what does it support? That's that's a a broad question, but um, I like to answer that with a broad answer in that it's a collaborative and consolidated effort to meet the broad needs of our community. So I think of an example. Um, My husband and I attend St. Francis of Assisi Parish, and they could get a knock on their parish door from a refugee family asking them to navigate the legal channels to find resources, ma- um, materials, a job, lodging. And the same thing could happen at the other end of our diocese, right? St. Mary Hamburg would be an example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what we are fortunate to do as a diocese is consolidate those efforts into an expertise, which is Catholic Charities. Um, and the annual diocesan appeal does support, in particular, Catholic charities and their out- outreach to refugees. Okay, so so much good is happening at the local parish level. When we think about the principle of subsidiarity, we want to honor that. But there's also the solidarity that we have as a diocesan family in this way. And so how we are assisting and enabling others. We may not be the hands-on people with this. But our brothers and sisters, including, you know, just, you just can't sleep in a Holiday Inn Express and, and have this all figured right. out, right? It's, uh, you know, some people who have, have professional competence in these areas, so how that, mm-hmm. that goes. So now I think about, you mentioned the outreach to immigrants or people who are looking to integrate into communities. Uh, impact areas, uh, you kind of mm-hmm. highlight some as well. Can you just kind of yeah. shine a little light yeah. on that? 
Yeah, there are four impact areas, and these are encountering Christ, shepherding the faithful, supporting local communities of faith, and helping people in need. So if I could, I'd like to break down each of those categories with you. I'm all ears. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The first one is encountering Christ, and these are ministries that bring the good news of Jesus Christ to all. When I think of this, I think of, first and foremost, the sacraments, right? And they're made possible in our diocese by the work that you do, Bishop, in um, ordaining the future priests of our diocese and making possible the, the oils through Chrism Mass, which is coming up here pretty soon. And then in a, another more tangible way, the diocese affords the chance to teach the teachers, right? Give the resources, material, curricula to those teachers and catechists in our parish faith formation programs so that they in turn could be more effective and efficient in serving you know, the 6,000 children that attend Catholic schools um, and the 11,000 students that are in, involved in a faith formation program. Okay, so that, you know, we think about the seminarians being in a formation program, but all of us are really mm-hmm. kind of ongoing formation as disciples, as people who can communicate the, the, the gospel but uh, and bring the light of the gospel to bear on whatever particular area we're looking at and do so and give witness at the same time. Yeah. So marvelous. Yeah. So kind of encountering Christ. Very yeah. good. Yeah. The second area is supporting our faith leaders through shepherding the faithful. And this is everything from creating that culture of vocations to, like you mentioned before, um, forming our seminarians, helping them discern a calling to the priesthood. Um, The educational costs of one seminarian are on average $40,000 per year per seminarian. And by the grace of God, we tend to have 15 seminarians discerning the priesthood at once. Um, Along those lines, we also support the formation and ongoing formation for our permanent deacons, Mm -hmm. and we support our active and retired priests through the ADA. Um, Not many people know, but the Diocese of Des Moines pays 100% of the health care premiums for active and retired priests. And this is an expense of more than $700,000 per year. So we're just really fortunate as a diocese to support our priests, like Father Hess, who recently suffered a heart attack, and Father Glenn Wilberdine. You're not violating HIPAA laws here, are you? No, I think he, he knows that we're, yeah. we're praying for him, mm-hmm. and uh, he's uh, on, a, on yeah. the positive path back to full strength. So. Yeah, but after our priests give so many, so much support to our faith community and 50 years or more, the least we can do is provide for them in their times of need. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And this yeah. would be distinct from my uh, former diocese, uh, where it's up to the individual parish or employer to, to pay that health insurance. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that we're bearing. And I I'd imagine there's some, some advantages there you know, mm-hmm. in terms of the group plan. So, yeah. Right. What else? Uh, I, wanna, yeah. I guess I'll inject. Mm-hmm. Uh, this past Monday, I uh, did a presentation on prayer, kind of the fourth section of the catechism with their catechetical institute, John Wynn and company. But uh, you know, 40 to 45 uh, people. Some were pre-deacon candidates or deacon candidates, but just folks of all ages, you know, and uh, and so it's just a marvelous opportunity, and we kind of unfolded that. So I guess that would be one of those instances where John Wynn and his group in, in evangelization catechesis are supported through the ADA. Yeah, exactly, and in a lot of cases, one program or ministry, like you are saying, the Catechetical Institute, falls into one or more of these impact areas. Right. So uh, the third impact area I wanted to mention is supporting local communities of faith and supporting parishes and organizations. And practically speaking, 
um, our parishes, if they raise any funds over their ADA goal, those funds get returned back to them at 100%, their discretion. And there's a great story in the most recent edition of the Catholic Mirror of St. Patrick's Council Bluffs receiving about $12,000 to spend at their discretion, and they opted to put it towards their uh, paying off of their debt of their beautiful new church there in Council Bluffs. They didn't uh, throw a big St. Patrick's bash. They actually <laughs> applied it to their debt. They did. Wow, that's oh, that's uh, so disciplined of them. <laughs> Are they really Irish over there? Or what? <laughs> okay, I can say that from half my bloodlines here. That's not an ethnic slur. Okay. <laughs> But in addition to that, it, this to me, um, I was like a business major in college, and this this whole idea of economies of scale like really intrigues me, and in that we can be effective and efficient in carrying out our numerous ministries if we band together on those tasks that don't have to be duplicated by every parish. Mm-hmm. Things like benefit plans, software products, background checks, and virtues training to ensure a safe environment for our children. Mm-hmm. And to date, 21,000 people have been screened, gone through background checks, gone through training, who have um, interaction with our children through volunteering or their employment at a parish or school or organization. Yeah, so not just paying lip service for the protection of children, mm-hmm. but uh, all that goes into that truly, you know, on the ground. So we're grateful for that. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the, anything over the goal uh, that the parish gets uh, to, to re- retain all of that. How are these goals set anyway? Who comes up with this formula? I, it's not the bishop sitting there, right? right? I think I have some say in that, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a great I'm, question. I'm consulted, but I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so what happens is every five years, there's an independent committee that comes together. It's built up of lay people and, and pastors and folks who have kind of a skin in the game, for lack of a better word, and they talk through the calculation and typically ends up being a three-year average of income at the parish from the generosity of those parishioners minus any exempt expenses. And a good example of an exempt expense would be if a parish has an assessment towards a Catholic school, if they've got an adjoining school or they Mm -hmm. send their their parish uh, children to a a particular school, that would be considered exempt from the ADA calculation. Okay. All right. So this isn't just... Des Moines sucking up everybody's money, right? Certainly not. The black hole, right? Just with its tentacles extended throughout (laughs) the diocese. (laughs) This truly is a a common Mm -hmm. um, good that is being pursued, okay? And I think you've got one more area you mentioned. Yes, one more area, and that's helping people in need. And these are ministries that open the door for people to receive God's mercy. And I I particularly, particularly like going from encountering Christ to ending at helping people in need, because I think that's how our faith emulates, right? We, we try to have that experience with Christ, and then eventually he asks of us, what more can we do? Mm-hmm. And this is the helping people in need areas where that comes to play. Um, great example of that is this time last year, there was devastating flooding happening in the southwest corner mm-hmm. of our southwest diocese. Mm-hmm. And uh, We're many praying that isn't uh, quite as severe this year, but yeah. uh, we'll see them to be seen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I interrupted. But many lost everything, and I spoke with a, a number of people who were displaced from their homes for months, and they couldn't even get in to assess the damage because those houses had been 
red tagged and it was just really um again devastating and the diocese of des moines was really fortunate that it could mobilize and raise those additional funds to support these people in their in their time of need and then uh you know distribute these these flood relief grants to more than 800 people in terms of gas cards furniture clothing insurance deductibles daycare utility assistance and that was another way in which having the organization of Catholic charities and organization of dioceses was really necessary to make that a success or accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So not just saying, uh, stay warm and well fed, I'll pray for you, but actually the, the Matthew 25 spirit where we really are present and, and offering those in whom you know Christ is present already and doing that. So uh, f- tremendous. And, you know, we want people to be spared, but uh, we know life uh, befalls us in lots of different ways. Good. Uh, certain areas really resonate with people and, you know, kind of think how that unfolds. Uh, are there th- certain things that you've you've sensed as your involvement that uh, really uh, people almost kind of open their, get out their debit cards or whatever it is they do here? And yeah. Yeah, by the way, how does that yeah. mechanism work where people can contribute? I mean, do they yeah. have to? Because yeah. people don't bring their checkbooks to church anymore, right? <laughs> Not yet. That's more rare and rare these days. But, yeah, they, folks can easily give online, www.dmdiocese.org slash giving. And we just encourage folks um, to also des- designate their parish when they give online so that their gift can be applied to their goal. And then you can also return, if they got a letter from you, Bishop, they can return that letter back to their parish or the diocese, and they can also drop off a, a designated gift in their Sunday parish collection if they choose to do that as well. Okay, and so pledges over time or whatever, people can realize that. It yeah. doesn't have to be that. And, uh, you know, p- people have addressed uh, letters and uh, already kind of anticipating directly to me, and I want to state publicly that I'm handing all of those over to you, Maureen. Uh, none of these are kind of getting lost in the Jones and personal funds. Right. So uh, that's not what's yes. going on here. So that's a, that's a marvelous thing. So we're really grateful for your time here, and uh, again, we're praying that uh, our, our priests, our pastors, and the parishes uh, receive this message. They, they maybe anticipate it, but uh, part of our Lenten spirit of almsgiving and support for each other. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmentInternational.org. That's BlessmentInternational.org. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq Des Moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print, we make printing easy. Made sure. That's why I made sure that we pointed out Marine is a spiritual woman, even, you know, even that she de- deals with the uh, worldly goods in that way. So, uh, you know, I, I'm glad she didn't wear her diamond earrings today. <laughs> 
furs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the weather's getting a little too warm for that. You know, I, I think your limo's ready to pick her up. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw her pull around. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my. So that's, yeah, people will run with that and go the wrong way. We're just kidding. She lives just... a very Spartan lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so we, you know, again, we're praying for people. I, you know, I understand the Vatican had its first case of uh, coronavirus. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we will be very prudent, and we're trying to uh, put policies in place in the diocese as well. And so kind of ramping that up and, mm-hmm. and where things go with that also. So uh, our Ro- Roman seminarians right now uh, are uh, part of this whole two-week closure of the Roman and universities now. So there's two-week hiatus there. So they're not just going to kick back and, you know, watch a sports center or do whatever. <laughs> they're making it in kind of an intellectual retreat. You know, they're not confined to house arrest or quarantine. Mm-hmm. They can go out into the city but uh, and continue this practice of the Lenten station churches, mm-hmm. which uh, people kind of make pilgrimage early in the morning uh, for mm-hmm. each of the days of Lent to the Roman churches. And it's a beautiful tradition. Uh, there's ma- masses in different languages. Language groups, but the English Mass is always the largest one, and the, the NAC seminarians kind of take part of that. So, uh, if uh, you know, I, I know one of my former guests, uh, George Weigel, has a book, Roman Pilgrimage, which really kind of mm-hmm. integrates things about the churches and then also kind of the spiritual message. So, that's one of the ways we can, you know, even as we're carrying on with our lives, our work, mm-hmm. uh, make a, a Lenten retreat. And I know there are different opportunities for that as well. So, so what's going on in the in the world of popular culture? Yeah, right? I'm, you know, right. I'm, you know, as I come out of my little bunker here. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you ever watch Saved by the Bell? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember Saved by the Bell. I'm sure. Well, it's in the syndication, so you can catch it any time. Oh, good. I'll do There's that in no my free time. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Nineties, I was doing my doctoral studies, so you know. Excuses, excuses. (laughs) I came out once a week to go to the sports bar. That's all. Okay, well, Saved by the Bell actor Mario Lopez. Now he's like an extra correspondent, a uh, entertainment journalist. Anyway, he posted on Instagram um, regarding Lent. He um, posted, quote, a kind gesture can cultivate camp- compassion because it's more blessed to give than to receive. Give and it will be given back to you. Um, he said on this video, peace and love on this blessed day of Ash Wednesday. Um, he was trying to th- think of what he should give up for Lent. And I was thinking alcohol, but that's no fun. I've done that before. He said cigars, <laughs> no. Chocolate, I don't have a sweet tooth. But you know what? He's also said, I'm, I was also thinking instead of giving something up, what if I give something to someone, like money, my time, or an opportunity that I might not otherwise have? I think it's cooler to give. And so um, he said, you know, he's already giving up meat on Fridays. That's already a struggle for him. But his Catholic peeps knows what's up with that. <laughs> Yeah, it's been been around for a little while. So, but he also did share um, Pope Francis's message of if you want to fast from that, you can fast from hurting words and say kind words, fast from sadness and be filled with gratitude, and the list goes on and on. So, okay. no, very yeah. beautiful, beautiful yeah, yeah. witness. So and you again, can check that out. If you know, not uh, standing on a street corner and blowing his own horn or yeah. anything, but I think giving witness in that way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we, mm-hmm. you know, can't be bashful about kind of mm-hmm. saying what we're about. The world kind of to rouse them to attention in that particular way. So, yeah, I'm still kind of intrigued, uh, Kelly. Uh, do you kind of have like some laughing gas stuck <laughs> behind the, the the desk here? I mean, you're just kind of there as well. So, so in a Lenten spirit of repentance, I know on my previous show I actually misspoke. <laughs> 
and I called Mr. Brian Gonzalez, who's with the Intervisions Cl- mm-hmm. Clinic. I called him uh, Brian Gomez. I was probably right. thinking of the Archbishop of, of Los ah, Angeles okay. in that way. So, so my heartfelt apologies to you, Brad, out there. I'm very sorry for Brian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was intentional. Okay. That was <laughs> it's like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> you haven't learned my humor yet. So, again, we're grateful to our listeners. Uh, be sure to text us uh, those uh, instances of Jesus that you might find. Texting 515-223-1150, hashtag Bishop. Grateful for another great show. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.